You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Well, Matt, fellow adventurous... I have gone to the village of Wedglen, in the midst of a region of rolling forested hills, west of Moonlire Lake, lies the village of Wedglen. This small, prosperous settlement is home to two active iron mines and a sprawling, long-established paleo grove. The Wedglen Inn, a wood and stone structure, that also serves as the village meeting house, is currently closed. Following the collapse of his roof, investigate the inn. The Wedgate Inn is closed following the collapse of his roof. A group of old men are seated on crates just outside the front door of the closed inn. They regard you with a series of nods and mumbled pleasantries as you peer in through one of the windows and have a look at the building's rubble-filled interior. A heap of splintered timber and cracked stone dominates what served as, until the roof collapsed, both the inn's common room and the village meeting hall. Ask the old men about the roof collapse. The old elderly man seems put off by inquiry. The question has interrupted his ceaseless discussion of the latest local gossip. At last, having apparently sensing you're not about to leave until you acknowledged, one of them responds, Use rotten timber when they built it, he says, rolling his eyes. Surprised it stayed up as long as it did. Fortunately, either no one was about when it came crashing down. At least it spared some of the roof line and most of the ale. It's going to be a while before they get round to fixing it. You thank the old man, bidding good day, and step away from the inn. Now, I happen to know that you actually get a different stories about the roof collapse, so talk yet. Okay, not that time. Now, that was the water roof. Okay, this time, it was a large stone, he says, shrugging. Came right up the sky one night and landed square on the roof. Took down 
took down the roof, the chimney, and smashed every bottle of root wine and every cask of ale. Real shame it was, yes, quite a shame. Suppose it'd be fixed up before too long. He thanked the old man, bid him good day, and step away from the inn. Okay, one more time. Okay, this is the third answer. Griffin landed on it in the dead of night, he says. Happens more around these folks than folks will let on. I don't think they mean to lock in Roost's mind, but those Greek beasts have got some weight about them, you know. You'll hear folks say there aren't any griffins about these days. But just ask the lads fishing Moonlight Lake. They see them all the time, soaring over the water. So blame the griffins. You thank the old man, bid him good day, and step away from the inn. Well, there we are. Three different stories. I'm going to believe the griffin one, because it's cool. Visit the merchantile. The Merchantile, owned and operated by Carolina, a retired adventurer now content to enjoy the relative peace and quiet of the mining village, is closed. The rumour floating around Weglen is that Cleaner has gone off on another of unannounced excursions into the wild. The villagers, seemingly unconcerned about her disappearance, seem confident she'll return before too long. Well, as they all know, you can take the you can take the adventurer away from adventures, but you can't. You don't really stop being an adventurer until you die, <laughs> which happens a lot, as I've seen. Okay, visit the Grand Arm Coppice. Grandarm Coppice, owned by Vurith Grandarm, sits on the northwest edge of Red Clay, abutting the gentle rolling slopes that run down from the foothills of the Fedowins. Here, Vurith and a small number of hired hands tend one of the region's largest and most prosperous paleo groves. There's a link to paleo groves. Now that just describes what paleo is. Seek out Vurith Grandarm. You find Vurith taking stock of casks filled with paleo bark in a barn on the far side of the grove. He tells you that while many paleo growers store their harvested bark in sack, he, like his father, has always preferred to use oaken casks. You won't find rats chewing through Tysian oak, he says slapping the side of a large cask, and a cask can be used forever. Try using a sack more than once and you'll be collecting your bark off the ground. Vuliff tells you he needs to check on the harvest and politely excuses himself. Stop by again, Ace. It's always nice to see you. Oh, and thank you again for everything you've done, my friend. Wait, have I done anything? I don't think I've done anything. Oh, oh wait. Oh. I'm Ace. That's the problem. I'm the wrong character. Okay, I'm going to pause while I get... Well, everything's everything's the same when I do it with Zoops, but I'll just put Zoop in 
in the driving seat now. Okay, back in back in Red Glen with Zoop. I'll just have Zoop wave to Ace. I, I don't know if you can do that. Now there's an adventure for this location. It's called Wendeview Address. Wendeview's with death. The arrival of prison wagon in the village of Red Glen. Early one summer afternoon causes something of a stir. Alright, investigate the inn. Nope. Visit the merchantile. The merchantile. Yep, same as the first two paragraphs are the same as the last time. I've met her. She's gone off on some sort of adventure, probably. As you're about to step away from the shop, you spot a stout bearded man standing nearby, diligently working to properly adjust the buttons on his fine cloth vest. Approach him. The bearded man looks up as you approach and greets you in a friendly manner. He introduces himself as Vurath Grandarm and tells you that he owns the Paleo Grove at the edge of the village. My father owned it before me. Before that, it was owned by the Lazamid clan. He says, frowning as he speaks the name. If you're not from around here, you don't know much about the Lazamids. But rest assured, you can be thankful for that. There aren't any of them around anymore. May the All-Father be praised. I don't believe I yet know your name. You introduce yourself to Vurith, and he bows. Well met, Zoop. In conversing with Vurith, you learn that the Lazamids a family that once owned both both of Wedglen's iron mines and its paleogrove, all died nearly a generation ago when a strange plague swept through the village. For it tells you that according to local legend, the patriarch of the Lazarids, a conniving, miserly wretch named Bugbol, delirious from a fever, Fever bespoiled by the vile sick sickness he had contracted, wandered into the nearby forest and never returned. Many believe his ghost still haunts the woodlands around Red Glen. Well, he might. He might. Because ghosts do exist in this world. Silly enough story, says Worth. I don't pay much attention to things of that sort. Well, I regret I must be off now. More work than I care to know awaits me back at the grove. It's good to meet you, Zoop. I'm sure I'll be seeing you in the village from time to time. If you ever feel like stretching your legs, stop by the grove. Take care. May the All-Father keep you well. You bid farewell to Vurith Grandar. Okay, now I can go to his coppice. Grandarm Coppice, owned by Vurith... Grandarm sits on the northwest edge of Wedglen, abutting the gentle rolling strokes that wung down the foothills to the Federings. Here, Vurith and a small number of Philo hired hands tend to one of the region's largest and most prosperous paleo groves. Seek out Vurith, Grandmom. Yep, stop by again, Zoop, he says. There's his leaves the bar. It's always nice to see you. 
Well, he doesn't say thanks for the things I've done for him because I haven't done anything for him yet. I just said hello. But, more importantly, there's an adventure for this location to do. The Road Out of Red Glen. Vureth Grandar, owner of one of the region's largest and most prosperous paleo groves, wishes to speak with you about a matter of no small urgency. Ooh. Ooh, what could it be? Goblins? Bandits? Trolls? Ogres? A small dragon? A horn-tailed boar? Bears? Wolves? A creepy curse? Skeletons? A ghost? What could it be? Standing outside Vuris's largest barn, holding a steaming mug of paleo, which the grove owner is just handed to, you watch as a crew of four men load heavy oaken casks onto a pair of wagons. Vuris tells you that the casks Food with paleo bark are bound for Twithick, where they will fetch a small fortune in the market. Of course, it's not all profit, he says, taking a sip of his paleo. There are expenses, some more onious than others. Zoop, might I have a word with you about something? They have told you that for almost the past year, his profits have steadily declined. Largely due to a steep tribute he's been forced to pay to a band of robbers that plague the woads along the western shores of Moonlire Lake. You learn that in exchange for regular payments, the highwaymen guarantee safe passage of Ruth's pale loading wag- wagons. Being so close to the cursed wood, that being... Fogbar doesn't help our cause, he says. Scant indeed are the patrols out of Twithick that might have some effect on the outlaws. The bandits that wozenly steal from me aren't afraid of the Fogbar. Maybe they should be. Because, I mean, there was these other bandits that weren't afraid of the Fogbar, and they got torn to pieces by Otowak. But it would seem that the Thane's men and our good king soldiers are more than a little weary of travelling the roads near the woods. That and it just isn't enough of these men to go around. I mean, it's a very it's a big kingdom and there's a lot of places in it and there's a lot of monsters to fight. And sometimes you miss some. That's just what happens. I mean, that... I mean, it's good for me because I, I get to do what they miss out and often are highly paid for it. I mean, it wouldn't, you wouldn't be much, you wouldn't really, wouldn't be that much of an adventure if you're being an adventure in a stable and peaceful kingdom with barely any crime and no monsters. Wander around and find, oh yeah, oh, oh, yeah, those, oh, oh right, right, no. No, 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 the, the, the army dealt with that one. Uh, well, there was a ghost, but it was exercised decades ago. 
Oh, oh, bandits! Oh, oh yeah, that, you know, I mean, someone tried banditry about 15 years ago, but, but he's, he's, he's in jail. Yeah, it wouldn't be much to do. I mean, there's really no cause for an adventure around here. I mean, we'd be, I mean, there's this age, but there's an age coming. But according to the prophecies, that's not about to begin for about 150 years. Uh, maybe you should just have a really big nap. Turn up then. There'll be stuff for you to do then. Yeah, you you don't you don't set. You don't set. You don't set video games. Well, most of them anyway. During perfectly nice, please peaceful times with no dire threats to the world. Yeah. Unless, of course, you're the bad guy who is the dire threat. In which case, yeah, you, you can have an eye with you then, because the conflict is everyone trying to stop you. But usually you're gonna... To be a hero, you gotta have bad guys to fight. According to Vurif, hiding guards for his wagon would likely do little more than antagonise the brazen bad Brigands who seem to ply their trade with impunity along the lonely roads between Reglan and Twithick. Of course, someone like you who are interested in taking care of the problem, I'll make it worth the effort, he says, eyeing you closely. I know a bit about you, Zoop. Or should I say I've heard my share of tales? I don't think these bandits would look so favourably upon their enterprise if if you were to become involved, what would you say to something like that? So I can tell him I'll take care of the bandits, or tell him I'm not interested. The thing is, I am interested, so I'll take care of the bandits. In probably not, uh, you know, caring way, probably in a more chop into teeny tiny pieces way. I mean, but, I mean, if they do run away, I'm not going to chase them particularly hard, but... Vuri thanks you and promptly begins telling you what he knows about the bandits. They learn that the thieves are operating out of an abandoned mine several miles to the north of Red Glen. The mine gives them a good vantage over the road, says Vurith. They can see my wagons rolling along from more than half a league away. They've got plenty of time to swoop down from their hillside camp and lie in wait to collect their gold. With a clear description of the location of the mine, you tell Vurif with confidence, dude will see to it that the wagons no longer trouble him. He sighs with relief, lays his broad hand on your shoulder and thanks you. Now, I'm not fond of blood wags, bloodshed, he says, seemingly apprehensive of your reaction to the mission. If there's a way you can run them off without doing them any real harm, it'll be preferable to me. But you do as you must. I won't ask any questions. And thank you, Soup. Vurith thanks you once more, and you bid him farewell. You leave Grodarm Coppice, determined to pay a visit to the abandoned mine, and see for yourself the band of outlaws, preying on those who travel the roads west of Moonlight Lake. Okay, so how can I get rid of bandits without 
doing them real harm. Well, I could make an illusion of a troll that just a troll that just smashes into their mine, and then they'll run away. Yes, or I could smoke them out with a fire elemental, or just have shadow magic do really creepy stuff, or just have shadow magic make it super dark in there. Just like so dark, they just they all fall over and they all they all fall over and hurt themselves, and then they have to go home, or something like that. Okay, there's a place to go to now. I can go to the abandoned mine. Here we are. You're standing at the end of an overgrown path, just off the travelled road that runs north and south through the forested hills west of Moonlight Lake. In front of you, set into the base of a steep hillock, is the entrance to an abandoned iron mine. Evidence of recent humans' activity surrounds the mine entrance. And that activity isn't miners because it's an abandoned mine. Where people don't mine anymore, either because they ran out of they've ran out of all that's good enough or they've gone too deep and it's get and it's got flooded or they've unk or they've uncovered some monster cave or there's a better mine that's been found nearby and everyone's moved there or some sort of business some sort of legal reason you know, like it's been inherited by someone and you got people just it's in legal limbo so no one can get it while lawyers duel for the next couple of centuries. Oh maybe Oh there's been a really bad accident and they don't want to go there again because it's creepy. Or maybe they closed it down just to crush the union. Enter the mine. Steaming yourself to face whatever might await you in the old mine, you cautiously make your way inside. You're standing just inside the mine entrance. To the south, the wide, dark tunnel slopes down into the earth, disappearing to the gloom after only a few yards. Okay, I'm at the north end of the dungeon. Making my way south. Alright, split off. I went east. Pick a number. There's some, some sort of trap, I assume. Bonus of 40. 20 from woodmanship. 20 from aura. You need to get 75 or more, or I get hurt. 107 success. You spot. You certainly spot a well-concealed snare just ahead in the tunnel. After making certain you would accidentally trigger the deadly trap, you carefully disarm it and continue along the passage. Okay. Oh, it's the same check again. Bonus 40. Got to get 75 or more. Or I trip over the snare, I presume. 88. Success. All the snare... The snare sets off something else. 
maybe uh, falling, maybe some sort of fo a falling wooden thing with spikes, or some poison darts, or an explode or a bunch of knives just explode, something. You, you certainly spot a well-concealed stair just ahead in the tunnel. To making certain you won't accidentally trigger the deadly trap, you carefully disarm it and continue along the passage. Okay, I'm just circling round to where we started. Okay, now moving towards the southwest corner. It's the same check again. Failure. With 47, without warning, the sound of scrapping mental metal fills your tunnel as you unwittingly trigger a well-concealed blade trap. Two deadly, deadly blades sweep out of the shadows and tear into you. 13 stanima points lost. Wounded, but thankful to survive the snare, you cautiously continue along the passage. Alright, southwest corner. Oh, another trap. Bonus 40, success 75. 124. You spot a well-concealed snare just ahead in the tunnel. To making certain you won't accidentally trigger the deadly trap, you carefully disarm it and continue along the passage. Okay, all that's left is the very southeast corner, which is a little, little alcove. Off a second lower circle. That, by process of elimination, is where the bandits are. Because, of course, they would be at the very back of the cave. That's the wall. Even though way back here, it by the time that if there's someone at the front who's the lookout says, I saw a car, and then they walk all the way back here. They alert the bandits, I've seen a car, and then they walk all the way to the front of the cave. The, the wagon's rolled off and they can't even get at it anymore. Unless they have horses somewhere. Okay, southeast corner. Suddenly, you step into a large chamber at the end of the shaft and are taken aback by the unexpected and unwelcome sight that greets your eyes. Six men. No, I kind of expected this. I expected a bunch of rough men. Six men, their grime-streaked, unshaven faces and matted hair, a testament to many months of hard living in the wilds, look up at you from the square table around which they're seated. A single lantern, blazing at the centre of the table, casts an eerie, flickering glow across the startled expressions adorning each man's face. In a flurry of activity, all six men scramble to their feet and draw their weapons. A hooded man, the apparent leader of the unsavoury band, stomps forth, steps forward and levels his long knife at you. Talk, friend. Do you always go pokey about in dark places? Actually, I do. I do that all the time. And I've poked in a lot of places that are a lot darker and deadlier than this. They're usually not safe. 
Turn around and walk out of here. And don't come back. We can overlook this trespass. Six pairs of eyes stare at you as the rugged crew and their hooded leader await your response. So, I can... No, you leave! You leave! You're doing crimes! You leave! I can attack the bandits. Mm. But... I mean, I was... He did say he wanted to avoid... To, uh, to avoid permanently harming them. And, you know, once you get once you get your eye up, sometimes you just can't help it. Or I could leave as the bandit leader requested. Okay, I'll leave. There's a smart fellow. Says the leader as you turn to leave. His tone gripping, dripping with sarcastic derision. Now, don't get lost on the way out. Out of the corner of your eye. You spot something streaking out of the darkness on your right. Picking a number. Bonus of 50. 20 from agility. 10 from body. 20 from normal combat. Got to get 75 or more. Or something hits me. Maybe they've thrown a dagger at me. Or hurt one of those chairs maybe. Or they just swung at me with a weapon. We'll see. 115, success. You spin to your left, leaning back to avoid the deadly swipe of an iron-tipped cludgel. The bandit brandishing the weapon curses and leaps forward, again striking at you with his club. You manage to fend off the wild blow and swift and quickly counter it. This is a cludgel-wielding bandit. Now begin combat with it. Now... I was told to avoid major damage, so I'm going to subdue you. Dwarf, you haven't killed anyone, so you're just going to get your ass whooped, rather than your organs strewn about this place. The bandit strikes at you with his club and is subdued. 10 XP. The bandit slumps to the floor, unconscious, but not permanently harmed. The hooded leader of the brigand outfit steps back as its four underlings move in. With no desire to allow yourself to be surrounded by your assailants, retreat from the chamber and assume a defensive stance in the narrow tunnel where you can face the bandits one at a time. The first of the bandits enter the tunnel, enters the tunnel and attacks, exhaling sharply with every stroke of its blade. It's a sword-wielding bandit. I'll subdue him too. They attack you with a sword, do the brutal stroke for 8 damage, and you're subdued. Down he goes, 10 XP. You step away from the unconscious bandit and immediately draw yourself into a combat-ready stance as the silhouette of another brigand begins to emerge from the gloom ahead. You hold your ground and defiantly engage the next bandit to step into the passage. It's a club-wielding bandit. The bandit attacks you with his club. Alright, and is subdued. 10 XP. You step away from the unconscious bandit and immediately draw yourself into a combat-ready stance. 
as the silhouette of another brigand begins to emerge from the gloom ahead. You hold your ground and defiantly engage the next bandit to step into the passage. As the sword-wielding bandit begin combat. Subdue you too. Attacks with the sword. And I've gone into a battle wage. Ah, stop stealing stuff. It's not very nice. He is subdued. 10 XP. You step away from the unconscious bandit and immediately draw yourself into a combat where he stands as the silhouette of another brigand begins to emerge from the gloom ahead. The last of your four attackers washes into the shaft and throws himself at you, swiping out with an axe. It's an axe-wielding bandit. Subdue your enemy. Your enemy lays a brutal stroke for 13 damage while attacking with his axe. I'm just going to subdue him. And he is subdued. I'm not sure how you subdue with a mace. I mean, there's not, there's, there's not the flat of a mace. And, um, I, I guess it's just where I hit rather than what I hit with. I, I don't know. I've never I've never tried to knock someone out but not kill them with a mace, so I don't know how you do it. Uh, I don't know, in the stomach, maybe? So he's just winded. That might work. As long as I don't swing too hard and, you know, have, you know, guts come out. 10 XP. You step away from the unconscious bandit and immediately draw yourself into a combat ready stance as the silhouette of the brigand leader begins to emerge from the gloom ahead. The hooded le leader of the bandit steps into the tunnel and scowls. Without a word, he suddenly thrusts his right hand towards you, unleashing a powerful blast of telekinetic energy. What? You had telekinesis? And you still resorted to banditry. God, I'm sure there must be some sort of skill. Some sort of job where that would come in handy. I don't know, like... Reaching things on high shelves. So, warehouse work? But, I don't know, I guess it depends how, how fine-tuned your telekinesis is. Well, I don't know, uh... Being a furrier, you know, you, you telekinetically blast the rabbit so you can, or whatever other animal, that way you can kill them without having to damage the pelt. That's an example. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty more I could think of. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I'm failing that, there's always, you know, Watchmen. I mean, there's a huge, huge demand, demand, but demand for for various types of mercenaries in Trithic. I mean, I mean, they they really are. They're scraping the bottom of the bowel. I think, Jim. I think, I think the I think the the person specification for mercenaries for. For being part of the guard in Trithic is 
pulse. <laughs> has pulse. But pretty much, and maybe too, not a traitor. <laughs> not warning. Negotiable. <laughs> well, who did you? Okay, so here's the check. Bonus of 20. You've got to get 50 or more, or I get socked in the jaw with a telekinetic fist. 69. Success. The staggering, invisible blast strikes you square in the chest, but you manage to stave off its more devastating attacks and maintain your footing. Cursing loudly, the hooded leader of the brig of the bandits lunges at you, his long life flashing as he launches a frenzied attack. This is a bandit leader. I mean, since I subdued all your men, I'll subdue you too. Okay, now think about going straight. I, I know, I know how the economy is right now. Sometimes those options aren't available. And, may, and maybe, you know, you haven't got a resume to show people because of all the crimes you did that you can't put them on your resume. Well, for, for, well, for, for a lot of jobs, anyway. I mean, if you're doing jobs with more crime, then putting crimes on your resume would probably help. I mean, I presume criminals look at... I presume criminal employers look at the equivalent of CVs. I mean, I mean, if you get if you're getting people together to do some sort of job, you want you want to make sure these people, you know, are good at it. You you wouldn't want to, I don't know, hire a getaway driver who doesn't can't even drive or can drive, but he crashed the last three getaway. Getaway cars he drived, and uh, everyone got caught. And the only reason they got free was because no one believed they were actually doing a crime. Doing a crime because you, um, you you smashed the car so bad all the loot was burned in the fire. Uh, he attacks with his knife. Um, subduing him. And, yep, yeah, down he goes. 19 XP. With the bandit leader lying at your feet, bloodied but alive. You step back and deliver the brigand a bold ultimatum. Demanding he leave the region and not return. And try to go straight. Try to go straight. You're somewhat taken aback when the beaten highwayman, his nose badly broken, rushes his acceptance of the terms, only seconds before lapsing into unconsciousness. You've no doubt the bandit, having learned a harsh lesson at your hands, will keep his words. It seems unlikely the brigand will again ply his vile trade in this part of the realm, but there's a pretty hefty chance he'll just move on to somewhere else. I don't know, maybe he'll, maybe he'll join all those highwaymen I keep bumping into. Yeah, maybe we'll meet. Of course, I don't really pay attention to all these highwaymen. 
So maybe a lot of those highwaymen are people I've seen before. Uh, well, if he does that, I will have to kill him. Because you don't get an option to subdue those. With the leader and the, uh, the others you subdued beginning to, to sub stir, you turn and make your way out of the mine. On your way out of the mine, you find a cache of the bandit's loot, hidden in an alcove at the end of a narrow shaft. Alright, here's some loot, terrible weapons, mediocre weapons, some more stuff, lots of stuff. Superior padded shirt. Maybe they should have equipped some of that stuff. And also, 35 gold. Having completed your search through the loot, you continue out of the mine. Once again, you promptly make your way back. Once outside, you promptly make your way back to Wegland. You return to Gradham Coppish without delay and announce the success of your mission. Vurith is overjoyed and thanks you for having removed a burden that threatened his entire operation. I don't know how to properly repay you, he says. Taking care of those thieves is a great service to everyone. Not just me. Well, everyone except who were, except perhaps, and actually I think this is pretty likely, whoever's in the area where they move to next. I mean, presumably, if they took it up feathery, I mean, it could just be they like it, but I, I, I'm leaning, I'm pretty heavily leaning towards it. They don't know how to do anything else. <laughs> or at least not how to do it well enough. Let it, be not, let it not be said there is no justice beyond the shadow of the city walls. Thank you, Zoop. Zurich hands you a small stuffed strong box stuffed with gold. One thousand gold tokens. Please accept this as a token of my profound gratitude, he says. Can't possibly thank you enough. Now, how about some paleo? After enjoying some of Zurich's best paleo, perhaps the best you've ever tasted, you bid him farewell and set out from Grand Arm Coppice, bound for Wedglen, confident the world out of Wedglen will, from this day forward, prove a safer passage for, well, unless, you know, other bandits move in. Because, you know, bandits, they sometimes just move in. Because apparently there's a lot of bandits. And a lot of them are just running from one place I've told them to flee to the next. Yes. And that finishes this adventure. Alright, 256 experience to general and 64 experience to all skills and powers. And that's the end of that. And coppice. Seek him out. You find Vera taking stock of casks filled with paleo bark in a barn on the far side of the grove. He tells you that while many paleo bark, oh, he's just oh, he's just talking about his casks again. 
He sure does like talking about his casks, don't you, Vueth? It's like it's your favourite topic of conversation. Casks, 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 casks. You just love your casks, don't you? I mean, you got casks on the brain. Suddenly, Vueth, after dancing about, so he's afraid of being overheard, says he would like to ask you a favour. I really can't thank you enough for what you've already done, he says. But I think I've run up against something else. Have you a moment to hear me out? You quickly nod, then listen, as Vera tells you about a problem. And one of his larger paleo cellars. That's right. He has multiple paleo cellars. Well, he does grow a lot of paleo. And some of it, and I drink a lot of it, so I'm glad for that. Zoot drinks a lot of that. I don't even know what... I've never had Beto, because I'm not into it. Vurith tells you that over the past... last few days, he's found many of the precious bark-filled casks he stores in the cellar smashed open. Not the work of rats, he says, raising an eyebrow. At least not any rats I'll care to know. The casks were nothing but splintered pieces when I found them. Whoever, or what did it, took no interest in the bark. The, might, the matter might not seem all that mysterious. There's something else to it. Ruth reveals the paleo cellar in question, the smallest of the four cellars on the grounds of Red Arm Coppice, is used only to store the casks of paleo bark, reserved for special customers. And, as Vurev tells you, he alone possesses the key that opens its locked door. The people who toil for me are above suspicion, he states resolutely, as if the very mention of the notion repulses him. It's just something so strange that I thought I'd better ask you to take a look. If, of course, you're willing. Intrigued by his description of the odd circumstance, you tell him you'd be happy to investigate the cellar. He smiles and slaps you gently on the shoulder. True friend, Zoop. Thank you, he says. Vluref leads you out of the barn and down a long, meandering path that winds its way to the opposite side of the grove. There, inside another cask-filled barn, he shows you your broad ramp that descends into a wide landing of packed earth, set into the stone wall at the end of the landing. Landing is a heavy wooden door. There's a cellar, he says, pointing at the door. As I've said, I've only got a key to that. Only I've got a key to that door. There is another key, however. Here it is, just for you. Ruth hands you a thick iron key. I have now the coppice cellar key. Got an encumbrance of one. This thick iron key unlocks the door that guards Vuriff Grandam's private paleo cellar. Let me know if you discover anything, says. And Zoop, it would probably be for the best if we kept this affair to ourselves. After all, we, d- we, we don't need to concern anyone over what might be just a simple matter. That and people might be slightly more reluctant to buy your paleo if it keeps getting smashed. 
Because presumably the stuff in this salio has been bought months in advance. Presumably at great expense. And, and they probably will be a bit put off if, if they've had it up. These casks were smashed. Well, well, I'm not buying from here again. The casks got smashed. Well, I ended up with a second grade paleo. Very common. Will fully immerse himself in all aspects of the keeping and operation of his vast paleo grove. Tells you must now go and tend to another, another pressing matter. Thank you again, he says. You don't know the peace this brings to my mind. Let me know if you find something. With that, he exits the barn and heads off across the sprawling grounds of Grand Arm Propolis. To begin exploring the paleo cellar, select Enter the Locked Paleo Cellar option from the main section for Grand Arm Coppice. Well, that this is a that's going to take a while. So. Instead, I will save. So next time, we'll find out exact what is smashing those casks. And what sort of... And how are we going to deal with it? Probably with weapons. But anyway, until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.